Welcome to the Mom's Day Bunker with Carrie Henson. In the bunker, you will find joy, grief, laughter, and remembrance. It is a safe place for moms to gather during the storms of motherhood, to share stories and to encourage each other as we navigate doomsday moments that change the trajectory of our path as women. Our stories contain difficult subjects that may be triggering for some listeners. These are real stories from real moms that are surviving, have survived, and are thriving after the unthinkable happened. Please take care of your mama heart as we cozy up together, take shelter from the world, and begin. It's the Mom's Day Bunker. I'm Carrie Henson, and I'm so glad you're here. Um, because if you're here, that means you've heard the previous episodes and you liked what you heard. Yeah. And Amy was incredible with her story. And I've given you a little bit about me, but I'm going to give you a little bit more about me today um, and introduce the next mom that you'll hear next time. So before I go any further, I want to talk about Mark Twain. Mark Twain is one of my favorite American writers. And I was introduced to him, you know, outside of Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, I was introduced to Mark Twain in college. Now, I am not, I am not a fan of English classes. I'm so sorry to my English teachers out there. I just could not, it's too hippy-dippy for me, I think. It's like, well, what are you feeling when you read the passage? Or what are you doing this when you read the passage? I'm like, I don't know, y'all. It's a story. I don't know. Like, I cannot connect, which is weird, right? Since I my major was theater. Like I cannot connect the English components to that. Um, But I did have to take an English class in um, college. You know, most people do for their, whatever major you are, you're going to have to take your basic English class. And I took American literature and I took a mini master. So it was fast and furious. And the professor I had, had us read a lot of Mark Twain. And I fell in love with him. I fell in love with Mark Twain outside again of Huckleberry Finn, who I always fantasized as a child that I was a Huckleberry Finn character. Like I tried to play Huckleberry Finn all the time out there in the country, but I didn't really know who Mark Twain was. And every time I read his short stories, every time I read his just articles or poems, I find something new. He's really, he was really an incredible man and an incredible American figure. And so I came across this quote. Okay, now this quote is used a lot at commencements. You might have heard it at your own commencement. It's it's used a lot by motivational speakers, especially around the new year, because they're gonna they're like trying to get you pumped up for your goals or whatever. But I it resonated with me in a different way. Okay, and here's the quote. Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Let's just sit with that for a second. The two most important days of your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. Man, that really got me thinking. It really got me thinking through this season in my life where I'm charging forward with things I never thought I would do. I mean, it was not even in my peripheral to do a podcast or write a book or speak about the the preparedness aspects of motherhood. It was never in my peripheral. And it just started 
you know, percolating in my brain, this, this quote, and I'll tell you about the day I was born. The day I was born was announced at my brother's and sister's school on the school intercom. No joke. Like, I'm not even kidding. So I grew, I, I was born in a very small community. I grew up in this small community, beautiful community, beautiful people. And my, all of them were in school. I had, I had five older siblings. They were all in school. And at the junior high in seventh grade, my brother, James, and my sister, Kelly, were in class and the principal came on the intercom or maybe the secretary, whoever it was, came on the intercom and said, congratulations to James and Kelly. They just had a baby sister. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Like, I think about that sometimes. Like, my birth was announced. It was announced, y'all. It was announced to people who did not really care that I was (laughs) born that day. But, But it was still announced. It's like, when you put something out in the world like that, you know, I, I, I feel strongly about self-manifestation and there's something really cool about how my life has started from that moment to now and everything I've gone through since then. Like everything I've learned, all the, the lessons I've taken and the craft that I've honed and the moments of motherhood, these momsy moments that I've experienced and people I've met and places I've been. And it started there on September 26th in a small West Texas town. And my birth was announced on an intercom at, at these three different campuses that my brothers and sisters were at. And I just think that is so prophetic and cool and interesting and scary. And there's a tagline to this story that I'll tell y'all maybe in a couple of episodes, but I, I just want to focus on the day you're born because I think about my kids and maybe you're thinking about your kids, like the day your children were born is the most, one of the most important days of their life. It's one of the most important days of their life. I've had six children and every single one of them was born on a rainy day. They were born on a day it was raining. I brought them home from the hospital. It was still raining. And this is really bizarro for my two older kids because they were born in a non-rainy season in a drought part of Texas. And then my other four were born in a kind of the swamplands of Texas down in the Houston area where it rains often. But again, it was the non-rainy season and it rained. And in some cultures that's good luck. And in other cultures, it means doom and gloom. So talk about a look both ways moment. <laughs> like some of, some of them, they got the good luck and some of them maybe a little bit of the doom and gloom, but every single one of them was born on a rainy day. And it's really cool to watch them grow up and fulfill their purpose, their second most important day. And I don't know that any of them have reached that. I don't know that any of them have discovered that, but it's like watching a movie in real time when you watch your kids grow up and they start fulfilling the purpose that they have in this world. And it's like, wow, that is so cool. You know, that is so cool. And I'll tell you about my discovery with my purpose. Like first day, 
most important day is the day I was born. Okay. Second most important day is the day you find out why. And y'all, I just, I could have sworn up and down. I knew what that was. Like I knew what that day was. And there were, there were two days really. But the first day I was only five years old. I was a month shy of turning six when my little cousin was born. Now, up until this point, I was the baby. I was the baby in my family and and, and my extended family, I was the baby. So I never really seen a baby before. And Sheila came into this world and I went to go see her and my Aunt Maxine put me up on the bed and my cousin Tracy was there, her mom, and they placed Sheila in my arms, this teeny tiny, most perfect, most beautiful little baby. And I knew right then and there, I knew, like I knew in my being, in my knowing, in my spirit, in my body, I had to get me one of these things. Like I had to have a baby. And I, I just knew I had to have a baby. I was not a girly girl, y'all. I did not play with the baby dolls. I decapitated my Barbies. I was rough and tough. I played sports. I got dirty. I was poking all, you know, the insects and fishing and hiking and climbing and peeing in the woods. I was not a girly girl. I didn't sit there and play house and baby dolls. It's not what I did. I, I wanted to conquer the world in my, in my backyard, <laughs> you know? My backyard was a bit bigger than a lot of people's backyards, but I just wasn't that kind of girl, and yet I knew, and I've held on to this knowing that my purpose is to be a mother. Now, the world has complicated that, the world has compromised that. The world has really tried hard to destroy it. But I knew from the moment I held that sweet, precious baby girl in my hands, my cousin, that I had to have one. And I had to have a lot of them. I always knew I wanted a lot of children. Now, the second day where I found my why was in sixth grade. Y'all are going to laugh at this. Okay. Do you remember the D.A.R.E. program? The D.A.R.E. What was it? Oh gosh. What did D.A.R.E. stand for? I got to look it up real quick. D.A.R.E. Oh man. What was it? Come on now. I know you're already thinking of it. Drug Abuse Resistance Education. D.A.R.E. D.A.R.E. to keep kids off drugs. Go ahead, kids. Say it. I dare you not to do drugs. It was actually the biggest failure (laughs) And all the drug programs. I, I'm pretty sure it was a big failure. <laughs> and I've read that before. I've heard that before. But for me, there was something incredible that happened through this D.A.R.E. program. So this officer came to our school for like six or eight weeks or something and would talk to us about drugs and how bad they are. And we're all going to hell if we do them. And you're all going to die. If you even look at it, if you even look at the drugs, you're going to die. Like it was wacko, I'm sure. But at the end of this program, we had an assembly and all the sixth graders gathered in the auditorium with the officer and he chose a handful of children 
to perform a skit, a drug-free skit. Like one of us was going to be selling the drugs and the others were going to like say, no, that's bad. And then we had to talk about peer pressure and we just had to make this skit come to life, right? And he chose me. Like I got to be one of those kids. I had never been on stage before. I didn't know theater existed. We had just moved to Houston, this big, huge, scary city from this teeny tiny community I moved from six hours away. I didn't even know like you could do that. Like I didn't even know you could be an actor and be on stage. And and he chose me and I was like, okay. And I was kind of nervous and super naive. And we do this skit and y'all, I don't know what it was that I did or what it was that I said, but I had the entire sixth grade laughing like laughing in a good way, not laughing at me like, ah, ha, ha, we're going to laugh at you and it's going to be this terrible experience and core memory that I hold on to for life, but laughing because I made them laugh. And I, it was like in that moment, I knew it was in my body. It was in my, my soul, my spirit, my knowing, my being, my purpose, my why is to perform, to entertain, to bring joy to people, to to elevate them, to elevate them to a state where they are laughing and they are happy and they just get a moment to forget all the sadness and crap that's in their life. And I was only 12 years old. So five years old, I know in my being I am supposed to be a mom. And at 12 years old, I know in my being, I am supposed to be an entertainer. Now, the entertainer part was a little harder to define than the motherhood part. The motherhood part was like, all right, find a man, make babies. Easy, kind of. The entertainer part was, okay, I can be an actor. I can be a designer. I can be a director. I can be a costume designer. I can be a producer. I can be all these things. And frankly, I've worn all of those hats at some point in my life. But it wasn't until recently that I get the Mark Twain quote. Like I actually get it. Because this whole time, I've been living these parallel lives of motherhood and entertainment. Motherhood acting, motherhood acting. That is a really difficult place to be. And frankly, it doesn't even matter if it's acting. It could be motherhood and any career choice you choose. And it's a really hard place to be because somebody's going to lose. Either your motherhood is going to lose or your career is going to lose. It is a very difficult place to be. And I had been trying to do both for so long. But when my son got hit by that car, by that one-ton truck... It wasn't like a little car. It was a big, huge dually. And we went through the whole, you know, the whole roller coaster of emotions and super scary. He was super critical and there was trauma and the kids, other kids experienced trauma. You just go through it. And when the the emotions kind of settled a little bit and I, I had already started the Mom's Day Prepper brand. I had already started writing the book. I had absolutely no idea that I was going to do this podcast or where this podcast was going to go or is still going to go. Although I, I think it's a lot bigger than what I originally had planned on. There was a moment of clarity when I just knew 
in my spirit, in my body, in my heart, in my knowing, in my being. I just knew that I am supposed to be a mother and an entertainer together. They are not separate. They are not two different vehicles driving next to each other. They are one vehicle driving towards the same destination. And now I get it. Now I understand. This is the second most important day of my life. This is the second most important thing that I will ever experience in my life. The day I was born and the day I finally got it. I finally got it. I'm supposed to be both together, not separate, but together. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm here to um, talk about motherhood and laugh about motherhood and tell jokes about motherhood. I mean, y'all, I got stories. I locked my baby in the car, not once, but twice with the keys. One time, he was chewing on the keys. And the second time, the keys were in the ignition and the car was running. <laughs> I mean, and there's some really, like, it's like, how stupid was I as a young mom? Like, you know, and I know everyone, I, I've talked to a lot of moms and they're like, yeah, I did that too. <laughs> like, you just go through these things and you laugh about them and you talk about them and you laugh about them. And then there are other things. There are harder things. There are mom's day moment things. But that, that second why that Mark Twain was talking about, oh man, that is the most beautiful day of your life. It's the most beautiful, beautiful day of your life. And as a mom, to watch my children grow and come into their purpose on their own without me, without me guiding them or pushing them or explaining life to them or whatever we try to do is, I mean, wait, listen, I've done it all. But for them to come into their purpose and into their why all on their own, wow. Y'all, that is amazing. It's incredible. I want to introduce you to Camille. Camille is someone I would describe as sweet as syrup. She is sweet as syrup. She is literally the sweetest lady I have ever met. And she's beautiful. She is a beautiful, beautiful mom. And she talks about knowing that she just always wanted to be a mom. That was what she wanted. She just knew that being a mother is what she needed to do and what she wanted to do. And motherhood looked different to her than what she had expected it to. And during her first pregnancy, she developed something called HELP, H-E-L-L-P. Now, I had never heard of this before. Um, and I, I didn't really struggle with high blood pressure as much, but it is like a step above high blood pressure and then a step above preeclampsia, if I'm explaining that correctly, but it's H-E-L-L-P syndrome. It's also called hemolysis, elevated liver enzymes, and low platelet count. So your, your body really starts to shut down during this time. And because she developed this syndrome, she had her first child at 27 weeks gestation. And that's a premature birth. And there was many, many nights in the NICU, many nights trying to figure out how to care for a baby that was so tiny. And then learning about her body and learning about, well, what does it look like if I have another baby? And, and what, is, what are the ins and outs of that, 
that scenario and how are we going to navigate this um, in motherhood? And she is just the sweetest lady. And one of the things that I took away from our conversation is this. We put a lot of self-pressure on ourselves to not listen to our own knowing, to our own spirit and our own being. And she's so wise. Camille is wise, wise, wise. She learned so quickly that listening to her her inner self, what I call mommy feelers, is is paramount. It is paramount to motherhood. And she learned it so fast. She learned it way faster than me. Y'all, it took me two babies to figure it out. She hadn't even had her baby and she was like, I need to pay attention to this. I need, I need to listen to myself. But we do, we put this pressure on ourselves as moms and as women. I mean, come on, let's just get real. It's a woman. Women are conditioned to do this, frankly. That's a whole nother story. It's a whole nother podcast. But we, we have this self-pressure to not listen to these instincts that we have. And so this conversation I have with Camille just reiterated my viewpoint on this, this, these, you never second guess your mommy feelers. You never second guess these mommy instincts that you have. If you think something's wrong, chances are something is wrong. Something is really wrong and you need to pay attention to that. I explain a little bit in this episode, a little more in this episode about Super G, about cancer, about childhood cancer, like something was wrong. And, and I knew it. And my mommy feelers were telling me. And Camille's mommy feelers were telling her, something's not right. And we need to pay attention to this. And I'm so proud to have met her. I'm so proud to have listened to her story and to have recorded it for her. And her, her girls are beautiful and she's beautiful. And I hope that you learn and hear the message. There's always a message in these stories. There is always beauty in the ashes. <laughs> 